Do you want me to intro the podcast? Hey, hey, and welcome. To- <laughs> Is that your impersonation of me? Oh I was God. trying to get a little upbeat. Is that an opener? I want to. I want to hear your. Go ahead, give it a shot. No, I can't. Do it. Go for it. I want to hear. This is my subvert. This is my subvert impression of him doing an impression of me. What's happening? I love GCA. It's just what a fantastic game. Hey, welcome to episode 31 of Front Seat Gamer. I'm Nick. I'm here with Severn. Hey, Nick. And Blake. What's up? How you guys doing? It's good. Yeah, pretty good, man. Great. Having a good time. <laughs> I don't know where yeah, I was going good, with this. Good. Um, you been playing anything, Severn? I have been playing video games, Nick. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. I finished um, Tomb Raider recently. Well, I specified video games. What, what I was, I you, you finished Tomb Raider. I thought you said you hated Tomb Raider. Uh, I did hate it. Okay. I still hate it. <laughs> Okay. Well, okay. Uh, it, it's just not my kind of game. So then, why did you play it? Uh, I, I told told you this in the last podcast. My mate asked me to complete it. Right. Was there a, was there like a bet involved where he's like, "Dude, I I I dare you to play this. Like, and if you like it, then I think that was what he was like trying to push for. Like, yeah. this is a good game. Play it through to the end. Yeah, and he's like, and, "I dare you to hate and it. It'll win you over." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and it didn't win you over. No. All right. Why didn't you like it? Um, I think I just don't like the that style of game, the the one where you're actually having to climb up over obstacles. That that platforming element I think is pretty. So platformers. That particular kind. <laughs> the thing is, I like Uncharted games. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, doesn't Uncharted have <clears throat> stuff like that? Yeah, I I think Uncharted looks good though. <laughs> <laughs> this this game came out like what 2013 yeah there's a really fine line uh, like mm. it doesn't look as good as the witcher but actually, I mean, it, it looks, looks pretty, pretty good, good for the time yeah. actually i Definitely. think i think it's because the dialogue is so that like the story of that game is so bad that i'm constantly rolling my eyes the story okay. does sort of like okay so i've been i was i've been playing it for the last two weeks as well after mm-hmm. you didn't like it mm-hmm. i thought i gotta see see this game for myself yep um, and yeah, the story is really sort of just pushing you forward constantly, yeah. yep. and it's just like mm. creating like bad situations for you. You, you constantly got to save someone. There's someone to save all the time. So you, I think you mentioned this earlier before while while we weren't on the podcast. Yeah, and it raised the question of the, so when you when you say it like that. What it sounds like to me is you want a game where you, you are tasked with something, and when the task is over, like, cool, take a break. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> go, yeah, cause go pick some flowers 20 minutes, and then we'll come back, and maybe we've got something for you to do. Cause I, yeah, that's right. Because I was saying that um, this the story doesn't give you any, any like, breaks. It's just no. like, okay, you've done this, and then it's instantly like, oh, this person's been kidnapped. Now you got to go get yeah. them, and you get you save them, and you're like, oh, something else has happened. Now you got to go and do that. So um, is it a pacing issue? Because, I mean... I feel like having things to do all the time is a good thing for it, a game. It it is it is good. It's good to always it be just that you don't feel like there's any down tempo moments where you get a moment to breathe. There's yeah, there is like some of that at the st- like around the start. Mm-hmm. Um, but it 
the th- I guess the thing is that um, the story makes it hard for you to then go off and do side things or when because when you upgrade your weapons and your you get like uh, snap points and stuff you sit at a campfire and you assign them yep. it just makes it super weird that you're like I got to rush to like save this person's life but first I'm gonna sit at this campfire mm. and assign some points. So and there's a disconnect between yeah, or the, like, the story got, and the systems. Yeah, or like I got to rush to save this person, but oh look, there's a there's a side tomb. I'm gonna go there and solve some weird physics puzzle for like half an hour. <laughs> yeah, sure. but I don't, I don't think any video games figure out a solution to it's that. It's true. It it I like think, yeah. I, I think one attempt was to have like a countdown timer, but then people would be really oh, pissed off yeah, at that countdown timer. Uh, Legend of Zelda: Majora's Mask had a constant three-day cycle so if you wanted to do like side quests and whatnot it all had to fit within this three-day cycle mm. which was i think it added to the game uh, it, it at the time uh, there were some conflicting opinions about it because it was kind of annoying to have to deal with this like constant pr- time pressure element mm. but it also meant that like uh there is a time pressure element and you have to manage that time and in interesting ways and like you may want to do the side quest but it's not available until day two mm. and so you have to spend the first day doing the main quest or whatever or you, so there's or you do some, some like stuff. heaps of time management kind of thing that you have yeah, to, and you you have have to it, schedule uh, your your play yeah and you almost. have to you also have to learn the schedule of the world mm. and and work your way around it and and you have to reset it every time it, it gets to the end of the three days you you wind back to the first day yeah. and start again um so that is that's one way that games have handled that mm problem but i see what you're saying yeah i, I there are know, a lot of games where there's a disconnect between like you gotta you gotta go and save this person you, there's no time to waste mm. but check out this side quest <laughs> you can get some yeah. cool loot it, it it does seem sort of weird on um you know because developers and when they're marketing the game they want to be like oh we've got so many side things for you to do and it's gonna be great yeah. we've got this awesome story but they they never really fully you know mesh together that yeah. well um, I, I think I've said before that I thought Skyrim did it like quite well where the first one of the first missions quests you get is to go talk to the dudes on the top of the mountain that are on the other side of the map mm-hmm. and there's not a hurry there's no like you got to get there as soon as possible there's nothing like that it's just sure. you should probably go and see these guys at some point mm-hmm. and that's like your main quest and how you get there or how long you take to get there is right. completely up to you the, and then again there's also the Fallout 4 situation where your baby's yep. being stolen. Go waste a year. Yep. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> what baby? Oh, yeah, that's right. Whoops. I'm a baby. <laughs> um, uh. Going back to Tomb Raider, I think um, so. That, that that game uses a lot of you, you climbing mm-hmm. up, up cliffs and things like that. thing is, uh, when you check out how they handle you climbing a cliff, which is a pretty important part of that game, and compare it to shooting and killing a person, mm-hmm. There is skill involved when you kill a guy, but when you when you climb, and that game's heavily centered around like climbing, it's ju- you you're just pushing a direction on the D pad. Mm. Sure, like there's no skill involved, and like, would you rather that it be like you have to alternate left and right triggers and? Th- there's probably a good way to do it. Uh, I don't think other I've, games have they, looked um, into that. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like some, uh, I. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of games that on screen you're doing something incredible, mm-hmm. but on the controller you're just pushing up yeah. kind of thing. They, they they do it 
really well. And I think they tried to do it uh, in this um, in this Tomb Raider game. Like they do it in Uncharted, where you're mm-hmm. like running at the screen and there's yeah. this truck crashing behind you. It's really cinematic, um, and it feels really satisfying because mm-hmm. you're actually shooting and doing the same thing. And they try to do it in Tomb Raider, but I guess it just doesn't have that polish, that look, that kind of sells that experience. Hmm. I mean, they don't do it too much they do it quite a lot at the start like i think at the start you're in this sort of watery cave and all you're doing is like pushing forward and then there's a quick time event yeah every few steps um, so i guess my question it sounds to me like you would rather be more engaged in the. I w- <laughs> yeah i would so let's use a different game as an example let's do it gta let's do it man would you like the ability to like or would you feel do you feel cheated that you don't have to switch gears in the cars and, uh, I don't know, indicate and, you know, like handle all the mundane activities of driving? No. <laughs> so this is what I what I bring this up because if climbing is something you're doing a lot in that game, mm-hmm. um, you don't probably want it to be very intensive as far as concentration goes. Sure. Uh, because it's really ultimately just getting you from point A to point B. Yeah, but so cl- you, climbing in that game would be like 20, 30% of that game. Okay. So, but uh, I mean, are there challenges involved in the climbing? No, it just gets you from one point to another. Okay. So, what if, for example, you just had to dodge falling things occasionally or. Th- they do that. Okay. And, and you don't like that? No, because uh, y- you're just pressing left and right. So, what would you prefer? Um,. A little more to that. Maybe, maybe you control momentum of her. You swing. Okay. Um, I can see where you're coming from. I think that it, there's there's a balance to be struck. Maybe they didn't get the right balance here, but there's a balance to be struck between the mundane tasks that get you between the more interesting things mm-hmm. and keeping those mundane tasks from being tedious, right? Uh, quick travel in a lot of games fills in the, the role of, of running from point A to point B. Yeah. The extreme side of that would be if you had to play co-op anytime you wanted to get from a town in, in Skyrim, like from, from White Run to the the yeah. top of the mountain, you had to play co-op. You know, and that's that would suck. And you would you would put that game down after about seven minutes. Yeah, I, I think there's definitely a balance here. I think um so just like thinking about it, um I find that um it's not so much the 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 act of climbing that is enjoyable it's seeing a section of wall that you can climb like i'm you know what i'm talking about with the with the uh climbing like axe thing yeah Yeah. um there are there are parts where like you're you know running uh, stuff's collapsing and you're running and you're avoiding stuff and then you see off to the side a, a climbable wall and mm-hmm. you have this like moment of aha I'm going to jump over there mm. to safety kind of thing yeah so it's it's that sort of like and it's that sort of like just um I don't know noticing a way out and that sort of thing and times when you're like standing on a on a at the top of like a, a massive cliff mm-hmm. and you look down and you see because um, they do this they do this um, thing with white color to kind of indicate what you can sort of like interact with kind of like ledges that you can climb up or or jump up uh have like white sort of streaks coming down Mm. off them and Mm -hmm. then um 
Uh, if you can make a rope bridge, there's usually a, a like a, a stick a rope, in the ground right? with like a white a white rope around that you okay and st- <laughs> yeah and stuff that you interact with in that way sure is is signaled by like they, white they stuff. have indicators and you get yeah, to, yeah. you get to do some problem solving and so when you look down a cliff yeah. you can see all these spots where you can interact with and you're like okay I'll I'll like uh, create like a flying fox to this place and then I'll like. Right jump over to there and then I'll climb up that wall kind of thing. And I guess... So the I, challenge I, is not so much in the, the doing of the activity as much as it's planning. figuring it out, I yeah. guess, yeah. Uh, and understanding where your path is yeah. as and opposed that, to yeah. just following the path. Yeah, yeah. And that's where I I feel I get the most sort of satisfaction do you, from. Do you feel like the climbing is lacking? Um, I, don't, I don't really think too much about it. The only things I... Like I said before, like the only time it bothers me is when... Um, you're climbing you're you're climbing up something that is um i don't know falling apart or mm-hmm. whatever on screen and there's no actual danger like you could walk away from the you know right. from the from the game and not pause it and she'll still be like just on this wall uh-huh um but you know all you're doing is like pressing forward and yep. all this crazy stuff is happening on screen that you're not really in control of at all gotcha um that's the only time that i'd I kind of like don't really like that sort of thing. It it feels like the the cinematic tension is is just tacked on and not really linked yeah, to whatever yeah, you're doing. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, sure. and the camera will be like shaking and stuff like that yeah. and you'll see like debris falling and stuff. Right. But actually she's not in any danger at all. And you're in total control. Yeah, and you're mm-hmm. in total control. Mm-hmm. But all but again, all you can actually do is press up or press right. or maybe press down, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Um what about the puzzles? What, what do you think of the so last last uh, episode? Severn brought up yeah this wind puzzle that he just hated. Oh, did you did you get yeah, through I did, that? I just that hated the wind puzzle. Yeah. So the thing I'm finding with the puzzles is that I I can see like you were specifically thinking about tombs, I guess, because they always have like physicsy sort of puzzles in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but also with that that wind one as well, where it's like I figured out what I needed to do quite quickly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because you can clearly see what you can interact with with these like white ropes and, and stuff. Yeah. But the thing is, I didn't know why I needed to do it. Okay. And so like I would just start doing it and be like, well, I can see that the game wants me to use these things in a certain way. I don't know why yet. I'll right. figure that out as, I, so as I'm doing it. The signal, the, the interactivity signaling is really strong. Yeah. But the like reason signaling is really weak yeah i think so, so you, yeah, you, yeah. you 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 discover the the mechanics of the puzzle before you discover the puzzle yeah that's exactly <laughs> which it. is yeah. which is a problem yeah because then it's no longer a puzzle as much as just you're you're throwing actions at a wall and yeah seeing that, what sticks yeah that's that's kind of exactly it yeah yeah interesting um did did you find the pu- did you enjoy the puzzle though or was it did you find it did that take away from the experience I guess it did take away. Like I didn't, mm. I didn't have any moments where I was like, "Yes, this is great." Um, I solved this puzzle. I feel great. Right. It was just sort of like, okay, I figured out. Now, halfway through solving the puzzle, I figured out what they wanted me to do, and go, okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, the the reward of that is not satisfying mm. at all. Um, mm. an- another gripe I have with this game. Well, I, before you get onto that, <laughs> okay, I, I sometimes feel that you were primed to hate this game <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Which, which and, is, and, which yeah, is that's interesting because, like, I feel you cause you love GTA. If if G if if Rockstar announced a GTA Six, mm-hmm. 
you would that would you that would probably correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I feel like that would be your favorite game, bef- like long before you get to play it. I, I I feel like I've got this um this kind of rap where people look at GTA yeah. as this game of uh, murdering prostitutes, and then no somehow see that simulator. image on on top of me. No one other <laughs> than like politicians and lawyers okay. who are trying to ban games. How, how do you that. view it? Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's a open world sandboxy crime noir ish. Yeah, it's satire a, game. It's a crime simulator. It's teaching yeah. our children to to commit crimes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's it's uh, Al Qaeda recruitment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I play that game, I'm I'm the guy who will look at textures on the ground and will be like, "Wow, this is incredible." Yeah, the grass is moving on the ground. Responded to each of my. Uh, like footsteps yeah but you, i love this game mm. it's the only one doing at it. that point just watch a pixar movie right it's <laughs> but that's not <laughs> you might as well just that's pure smoke and mirrors that's not real time that's so is that partly why you didn't enjoy tomb raider because it's uh, it's graphics were not on par but you have you do remember that it is an older game now yeah it's definitely an older game so i had to go back and like listen to old reviews and it was quite positive mm. and, and that's that's cool it and, and a, like i've talked to people in the office about it yeah. and, and they love the game so i can't knock it mm. but do other people you, liking it do you have any games that you really enjoyed from like 10 years ago uh what was out 10 years ago or or just like a long time ago what, what was your favorite game as a child I was a Mario 3 kind of person. Super okay. Mario 3. Yeah, that's a fantastic game. <clears throat> um, doesn't look very good nowadays. I, I still enjoy it. <laughs> okay, but why? it's pure nostalgia. And that's back. also a platforming game. So that's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that, you, that's, how, how that you... fully embraced the whole game thing of like just like jumping on turtles. Sure. But like going back to Tomb Raider... <laughs> Oh, you don't like that you can't jump on turtles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Um, t- or when you jump Raider, on the two turtles, it's so, so I'm a, I'm a, I consider myself a fairly visual guy. Yep. And so when you're in a palace and you can't walk through a door and this game is saying, oh, oh yeah. you actually have to platform over this, this really annoying mm-hmm. obstacle. There's no need for that. It just breaks that immersion for me. That's, um, that is a little bit everywhere. like, that is a little bit like something Nick was talking about with the, in, in game design with the, the doors, right? Yep. Yeah, where you you have to decide if there's a door, if, yeah. if there's a door, can you open it? How do you signal that you can or can't or whatever? Yeah, yeah. And I, I definitely have noticed in, in Tomb Raider there were doors that looked like they should be, like there was no right. you know, wood nailed across it or anything like that, mm-hmm. but you just walk up to it and there's just nothing there. That's interesting. Yeah. But um, like, I don't want to sound too negative on it because I am actually enjoying it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Dude, that story is complete garbage. <laughs> It's so bad. I do. I do enjoy. Like there are like these little moments. Um, usually with uh, in in fire firefights and gunfights mm-hmm. yeah. that you're just like, yeah, I, can't, I got through that. That was pretty cool. Yeah. And, um, however, it 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 is quite. Um, it is quite obvious that those moments are gonna happen because you walk into an area and there's like chest high walls everywhere. Yeah. And you know, and you know barrels and exploding barrels and stuff, and you're like. I think there's uh, going to be a gunfight here. Take a few more steps. Small cutscene. Dudes rush in. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a gunfight. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, like every, well, they occasionally throw in like different mechanics in the gunfights. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one I did recently where suddenly, like uh, Molotov cocktails got involved. Or, okay. Or um, 
or maybe they were just hand grenades or or whatever. Some source of fire. Yeah, yeah. And I had to like run from cover to cover mm. to to avoid them. And there was a very clear icon where it was, um, you know, and and it would be flashing. So I had some time to sort of right. like, once it hit the ground, I had some time to actually move, and then it would explode. And that was actually quite fun, like going through that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Dude, I I loved the early Tomb Raider games. Like I think they should have just went full blown chick action hero. Um, dual wielding pistols, shooting at dinosaurs. Like I think they should have just embraced. What about the puzzles the in those Raider. old Tomb Raider games? Like they were apparently really good. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> according to my uh, oh, friend, okay. my my good buddy Andrew, mm-hmm. the I, one who who recommended that you play this one. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I still, uh, I still th- like, I still think it's a pretty good game. I am enjoying it, and I, uh, I probably yeah, will game. get the next one. <laughs> I'll agree with you. Yeah. It's a good game. I've heard that the the most recent one is very good. Yeah. The thing, I think the main complaint I heard going into this Tomb Raider was that there wasn't enough tombs. And I think that's right because like the, the tombs are really <laughs> just a room. Okay. So room, a Raider. room with like <laughs> physi- a room with like a physics puzzle. And then you get some like upgrade material. And okay. That's it. Now, admittedly, I don't think I've ever played a Tomb Raider game. What? So I find it hard to picture like this gritty action, like because I've seen footage and, and you know watched gameplay of of the mo- of not, um, a little bit of the most recent, but the one you're talking about. Yeah. And then you describe that you go into it, you get upgrade material from a tomb. Yeah. And I have a lot of trouble picturing how you can upgrade a gun. Well, here's with material from a here's, tomb. The, the upgrade <laughs> thing is that you're collecting scrap. Okay. Um, <laughs> Just, they never really show what. That is, it. It showed with a, like a, a bolt icon, like a nut, nut and bolt right. kind of icon. Tombs um, are notorious storehouses <laughs> yeah. for bolts. A- and you you go around and you're like breaking crates and going into like stuff. And what are crates doing in tombs? This is not in tombs. Okay. This is outside See, it's the like, tombs. It's not doing it for you either, yeah. is it? Nick? But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. When when you get to the tomb, when you get to the end of the tomb, there's yeah. a big golden chest. Okay. She opens it up. You there's clearly gold like stuff in there, gold cups and coins and all sorts of stuff. And yep, she's like, yep, oh, this yep. is, she says something like, this Sweet. is great. I'll pay, I'll and then your bolts. scrap meter fills up <laughs> and then she walks out. <laughs> so what you're doing is you're oh, taking man. these priceless artifacts and throwing them at your gun and putting them in your gun or your bow or whatever. <laughs> oh man. It sounds a lot like if there were, there were a gritty reboot of the legend of Zelda, like of, of Ocarina of Time. Because especially with the way you described the climbing, that game had a lot of climbing too. Uh, Zelda, yeah, yeah. The uh, first, the first dungeon, the, the Great Deku Tree, is ninety percent climbing. I, I see a lot of Zelda in this new um, Tomb Raider game. Just the the whole progression with weapons and new equipment. Okay, that whole thing, and like you, how you have to get like a bow or something later just to open sure. up a new temple. Yeah, or something. yeah. Same things in Tomb Raider. Yeah, there were like you you can um, you can fast travel between campfires. Um, and I do remember early on noticing all these like white ropes around the place uh-huh. that I didn't know what for. I was just like, that's a weird, like outstanding texture to have for these right. ropes because everything else around is like very dark and gray and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then later on, I, I found out that you can, you know, make bridges across to, to those sorts of things and, right. and you can interact with them in that way. So I guess if I went back to those places, I'd be able to access different areas. Mm. Are you looking forward to doing that? No. Or does that just sound tedious? Well, I 
I don't know. Like, I'm not huge on collecting stuff in games, and this yep. game has a fair amount of collecting stuff. Like, yeah, they've got relics too in it. They've and got yeah, they got the relics. I kind of like the relics, but I'm not going to go out of my way to to find them because when you get them, you get like a, a rotatable 3D object, and she says something about it, and like this is like from the Hong Dynasty or, sure. or, or whatever. And you're like, ah, oh, that's pretty cool. And, yeah. Don't um, do anything. It's no story element. It's no. just the thing that you hoard. <laughs> yeah, it's just something that's there. Well, isn't that, wasn't she like an archaeologist yeah. or something? So yeah. just, I mean, I, 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 I like I like that stuff. I think it's cool. But then there are these like geocaches, basically. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So you're doing a bit of geocaching while you're yeah. while you're on this do mysterious you, do, island. Do you leave something behind for the next person? <laughs> yeah. Meant to do. yeah, I left a little like pebble <laughs> some, there. Some scrap. Yeah, <laughs> that's some scrap. <laughs> that's yeah. the next person goes, but, why did somebody leave all this gold here? That's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, there's like these like things that you pick up and when you pick it up, it says for each area, there's a certain amount. When you pick it up, it's like, you know, two out of seven for this area. And it's like, yep. I don't really care about going and finding them. Mm. Well, what else do you guys been playing? Um, sh- should we talk about Gameloft a little bit? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, for those who aren't aware, uh, New Zealand's game development industry is quite small. It's basically grinding your games, uh, a few others such as Ninja Kiwi. There's uh, uh, Rocketworks in Dunedin. Oh, yeah, that's... Um, uh, Dean Rocket Hall's... Uh, Thing. And then there was Game Loft, which was, like, I think, the biggest studio. Yeah, definitely in New Zealand. Mm. Uh, we we're sitting at about sixty-ish employees somewhere around there, and yeah, Game like, Loft was sitting at about one hundred and sixty. Mm-hmm. They have closed down, and it, it, that's a bummer, obviously, for the New Zealand industry and for all the people who had jobs there. Um, Grinding Gear, I think, employed a, a few, maybe like six or so. Yeah, a few people, people. from there. Mm. Um, and I think I, I would suspect the other studios have picked up a few people, but yeah. it's like quite a significant loss for New Zealand's game development scene. Yeah, for sure. Right? Yeah, like we were saying before, it's probably like a quarter or a third of of yeah, it's something around a third of of the whole New Zealand's game yeah industry. Um, so that that's that's a bummer. Yeah, it but really other, is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, it's also, those are some very talented people who work there. And so I don't think that there's mm. going to be a lot of, I mean, in the short term, it's, it's going to be tough for them, no doubt, but I think they'll, they'll mm. get, they'll find their feet pretty quickly. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping that like little studios kind of rise out of the ashes. Yeah. yeah I'm kind of, what yeah, I kind of predict is we'll see a few different new indie startups, mm. which is, so, which yeah. is exciting. But that's like New Zealand also does not have um, good games industry infrastructure. For example, mm-hmm. uh, there's no real good government incentives, um, or or there's not a lot in the way of grants. Yeah. Um, if we look at a country like Norway, where they have game development grants and and government support for development, mm-hmm. and they put out quite good games as a result and and you know they don't have as much risk involved in starting a, starting a company there are i mean there are ways to get like government grants like i i know um someone was working on like a fire safety type game like if you're working on something yeah that's sort of like safety or like educational you've mm-hmm. got a, yeah, a good you, chance of you don't you it's hard to get a grant for just making a game yeah. that's fun <laughs> yeah there's also early access 
Yeah, which that's, some that's people different. Like <laughs> that's yeah. that's you, you for early access. You have to probably have a product, and to get a product, there's still months and months, if not years, of work to get it together. Huh. There, there are some people doing that. Yeah, kind of yeah. successfully, yeah. like Phantasmal is a thing. There's also oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, <clears throat> if we're on the topic of early access, mm. that's a, a, to me. A, I know we did it. <laughs> <laughs> but man, everyone but like, us it seems like a <laughs> terrible idea. Because <laughs> think of the number of games that have had early access, and people buy into the early access, yep. and then the studio's like, "Yeah, we're not developing it anymore." <laughs> it yeah. depends on how far through development you are. Like if you've got, like, if you've got like a barely functioning game, and you're like, "Yeah, thirty bucks early access. Come on, come on down." So like DayZ, for example. Had early access, right? And uh, they, I'm pretty sure, yeah. And I mean, it was a mod, though. I mean, the thing is, people knew, like, there was not early access for the mod. Like, the mod was just put out. Right? Sure, I think so. But then there was there was this like the standalone, yeah, that had early access, and then it's like development slowed and then stopped and then like yeah. people left and I don't know what's happening with it now. But yeah, uh, he he's got a lot of um, haters. Yeah, yeah. Fair to say. he's yeah. also got a lot of money. So. <laughs> I, I do remember at his talk at the last GDC where he was saying you only launch once. Yep. Um, yes. That was quite interesting. And he was saying that, uh, you know, he'd, he'd heard Unless people. you're Marvel or Parsec, so. <laughs> well, Marvel Heroes or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, those, are, those are more like upgrades, up, are updates. Okay. Yeah. And, I mean, that's what we do as well. Like, we have expansions and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. um, he was specifically saying things like, um, you know, you you go into early access. That's actually your launch. Yep. Um. So he he'd, he'd mentioned that like he'd heard people saying, "Oh, look at the numbers we got for early access. It's going to be huge when we launch." Mm. And then they launch, and their numbers aren't anywhere near what they were expecting. And they're like, yep. "Oh, that's that's weird. Why is that?" And it's because you already launched like yeah. six months ago or whatever. Yeah, that's that's another reason early access strikes me as in the most in most cases just a, a really bad idea because. You are functionally launching a broken game mm. in a lot of cases, and you're saying, "Guys, this is this has so much potential. Come play it." And then once you play it, tell your friends, and they're gonna play it and they go, "Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's got mm. a lot of problems. <laughs> it's buggy as hell." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. And then and then, <laughs> then yeah, like okay, well we're gonna keep working on it. Eh, hey, we're done. Check it out. Nah, I'm good. Yeah, I've no, already I, played I, it. I played it a year yeah. ago. I, I know <laughs> what it's it was about. Real buggy back then. Yeah. yeah. I think I've seen enough, and I, my mm. friends aren't interested. It so. is. It is kind of a. It's a risk. I think. Like it's if you've a got a solid risk. game, then and even you, if you've got a solid game, just launch it. Just like yeah. just spend yeah. the time and money to 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 make it like ready to like launch, and then launch it and have a good launch and have a great game that's like fully feature complete and bug free. Just have a good game. I say that as a company <laughs> who frequently releases content with bugs. Yeah. What 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 do you think we did differently then? Like why why was Path of Exile more of a success uh, in in that early access thing? I would say there had been a dearth of action RPGs. There were just not very many action RPGs at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh Path of Exile also has a bunch of really interesting and innovative features people wanted to check out mm. and also like first of all path of exile is a great game with a lot of depth right yeah and even though it was not even though there wasn't like a ton of content back then there were a lot of complete features and you could play for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and have a great time 
And the game is built with replayability in mind. That's why everything's randomized, right? Mm-hmm. You, every time you play, you have a new experience. And, and, and with the number of options we have available for progression and, and character building and stuff, um, it's just replayability is, is hugely encouraged. Mm-hmm. The, the climate back then, kind of like it is now, was pretty good too. Like uh, Diablo 3 just came out. Probably didn't do as I think that I'm uh, trying to remember we Path were, of Exiles beta was available before Yeah, we were in early E3. access like way before Oh yeah, E3. but open open beta was after the Diablo 3 came out. Yeah. Oh. yeah. And I mean, um yeah. and Path of Exile catered to that niche audience mm. well. We also our business model is built around people uh playing continually as opposed to buy access immediately and you're you're that's it forever mm. like if you look at i mean minecraft is is an early access success story that is probably never going to be repeated mm. again but imagine like a not particularly good version of minecraft where you pay ten dollars now and you get in you mean then, like half the steam store yeah yeah well that's exactly right yeah you know the, i think the reason it worked for minecraft is because it was it was new it was a that was a, that was a very early before. example of of early access. Yeah, <clears throat> and it, it that's another game that has a lot of randomness and replayability. Mm. And um, and but I mean, if if you're banking on having enough funding now to finish development, and then getting way more funding after development to pay for all the effort and time and whatever involved, mm. it's just probably not going to work out. So, but <laughs> you so um, it sounds like. Um, you're saying that you have a higher chance of success if you have a very like unique uh, type of game. Like the the the, the gaming climate um, is is ripe for this type of game, and then you have a much better chance. You know, I would say that the just don't even do early <laughs> access. Even well, that's the other thing. Like we when I when we did our early access, it was around the same time as Minecraft. It was not that long after Minecraft's early access. It was like a year or two after, okay, yeah. right? That was it was twenty eleven or twelve or something like that, somewhere around there. Maybe maybe a little after that. I don't remember. Mm. Um, I was I was working somewhere else at the time, and uh, Minecraft's early access was 2010, 2011, around there. Um, so we were not that long after, mm. and so there wasn't a huge stigma, yeah, <laughs> associated yeah, with it, yeah. and. And when when that early access that sort of early access stuff was happening, games were much deeper in development. Like they were much more feature complete. Yeah, they were games. It Whereas was more game. Yeah, I feel like the at the moment early access is earlier and earlier, and worse yep. and worse, and less and less work is done after the launch of these mm-hmm. early access games. Um, so if you if you for a high chance of success, finish your game, make it good. <laughs> And then just charge, yeah. just launch it like a normal game. It's fine. These are no brainers. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't bank on the potential of your game. Bank on the game. Bank on your own skills. The end. So uh, talking to so, game loft. Oh, man. <laughs> I was I was going to tie that back to um. I don't think I told anyone about this. Like over the Christmas holiday, I forgot to bring it up in the last episode okay. as well. Uh, while I was back in Upper Hut. Um. I got a chance to talk to a, a, a good mate of mine from uh, Natco. No, uh, oh, wow. Leighton Milne, who's uh, art director at Aurora Forty Four. Oh, so, um, awesome! The guys yeah. making Ashen. Hang on, hang on, hang on. What's Aurora Forty Four? They're the guys making Ashen. 
the video game mesh, and so it, was that, at, it was at the E3 press conference. Yeah, so it was uh, announced you, back then. Yeah, if you remember at um, E3's, I think it was Microsoft press conference. Yep. They were pushing for like, oh, we're going to be the indie platform, blah blah uh-huh. blah. Look, look how indie, look at our indie cred, and they brought out out some uh, indie developers, and then this New Zealander guy comes out and yep. is talking about this Ashen game and showed it, and it looked like I don't know what kind of game it is, but it damn looks good. What is so? So I had a I had a chance to sit down with uh, Leighton because they're actually starting a studio in Upper Hut. <laughs> um, nice, which is going to be awesome, especially for Upper Hut. Yeah, <laughs> and and. Uh, just uh, just aside for a second, um, at um, NZGDC, mm-hmm. the talk I was looking most forward oh, to yeah, was, his art, was his art talk, which then got cancelled. Yeah, he told me he was really sick. Yeah, right? I was really <laughs> bummed out. <laughs> I even sent him a, 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 a Twitter thing saying, I Dude, hope, I sent I hope him a he's all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so their story is Leighton, um, uh, right after, we started at Nat Cole around 2005, he went out, got a job at She Interactive, which made Shatter uh, a lot of the, the Jackass game on pl- uh, PlayStation Two. Yep, they made the um, they made the Speed Racer game, yep. which apparently was better than the movie. Yep, they're called Pickpock <laughs> now, and they they kind of transitioned to mobile. After that, he Man, went Pickpock. He went over to Weta, and he worked on the Hobbit movies. Oh wow! And so the, the, there are a couple of Weta guys that decided they wanted to get into video games. They were playing around with Unity for a little bit. Yep. And then after Unreal announced its uh, whole, what is it, $30 and 10% or whatever, they kind of jumped oh, ship yeah. from Unity to Unreal and yeah. just had a blast with it. Oh, okay. This, the, this was before it was like free, right? Yeah. Yeah. When, when Which they would did, be a yeah. couple of years back now. Yeah. But yeah, they kind of left Weta and he, he tells the story. I forgot the other guy's name, but uh, Leighton and his buddy went away they both wanted to make a video game. They kind of went down, put their ideas together. And the thing is, like, I'm talking about this so freely because yeah. I don't think Leighton knows I have a podcast and can talk about this. Oh, oh no! So this is an exclusive, fellas. You okay. didn't sign an NDA? <laughs> no. It was not a friend DA or anything? <laughs> um, I-, I won't go too crazy about it. Yeah, but maybe, maybe let's avoid a lawsuit. <laughs> but, dude, um, yeah, he was telling me about the game and, it's like, the concepts and games, that, mm-hmm. like, elements that he's taking into this game sound awesome. Cool. Um, it's got Shadow of Colossus elements. It's got Journey type elements. Oh, their man. art style, yeah, very art cool. Good. I think I I remember their art style. Their um, their characters' faces have no mouths. Yeah, and I think that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think for for an indie developer, you I do, think that's do. a fantastic idea because you don't have to worry about lip syncing anything. Yep. Uh, you don't have to worry about mm. facial animation. Yeah. You, also, you have that weird phobia of mouths. Oh yeah, I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it, it boils like art down you know and, and also the side the, the benefit is that you can produce more art yeah to that style so it it, it equals more content for a video game mm. Mm. so he told you what that game is he told not everything he was just yeah. saying these are the elements that oh, we're okay. trying to replicate yeah and yeah they're going to be opening up studio oh, man, and i was like so dude cool. this is awesome that's like, awesome. Yeah, I feel like that game is a little has a little. Well, for me, I guess is a little bit like Firewatch, in the sense that I don't know what it is, but I want to play it. Oh yeah. man! So you you mentioned earlier before the podcast, yeah, that Firewatch is now on yeah. sale on Steam. Firewatch is on Steam. I don't know how long it's been on there, but it's not playable yet. But you can buy it. Yeah, and it's also on special, like ten percent off, I think. Or something. Yeah, I had mentioned that of all of the games from E3 last year. The only two that interested me are were 
Cupboy. I think it's called Cuphead. Cup, Cuphead, whatever. Yeah. That one, that one, which just is, is gorgeous looking. That is look. out, isn't it? I thought. Uh, if it is, then I want, dang. I'm, I'm so sure. Is it a console exclusive? I'm so sure it is. It's possible. No, it's definitely coming to PC at some point. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Um, that game, I just loved the visual style of that. It, it looked, the the gameplay and art were seamlessly combined, yeah. which fascinated me. Um, and then Firewatch, which had fantastic voice acting and enough mystery that I was immediately intrigued, and I am so excited to go home and buy it. So I, I just watched uh, probably the first 20 minutes. Yeah, I watched a demo on, oh, I think okay. it was on, I think IGN had done a, a okay, gameplay yeah. demo uh, about a year or so ago. Right. That just looked so it, much It seems fine. interesting. And the developers keep um, keep really drilling on the point of choice. Mm. Like, uh, I mean, this is not a spoiler because it's in all the videos, but there's the uh, teenagers at a lake that you can... Yep. One of the first sort of, I guess, big interactions you have. Yep. And how you deal with those teenagers is kind of completely up to you. Yeah, I'm very curious about how these choices actually affect have long-term effects. Mm. It may not, but what interested me was just the the combination of the voice acting and in your actions um, seemed very seamless, mm. and uh, it all flowed quite nicely. And it made me think, just like it's a great way to tell a story and still have the player in the driving seat. Mm. Um, so I'm really interested. The guys that. making that game is like that quite. High caliber. Yeah, they've worked for. Uh, well, they were writers on Telltale, on uh, Walking Dead. And, yeah. Um, but uh, they're all the they're all the Idle Thumb guys from the Idle Thumb podcast. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that game. Our podcast is better though. <laughs> just, just quietly. Um, I've got uh, some some Hearthstone news. Yeah. Uh, so Hearthstone has made some announcements regarding more cards. Not yet. Whoa. Uh, in fact, the opposite. Less cards. Less cards. Whoa. So they are, the, the game came out a few years ago or was in beta or something. And I don't remember the actual launch date, but it uh, the, you've been able to play it for a few years. Yeah. And they add more cards every year, every few months even. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we look at a game like Magic the Gathering, which has been around since 1994 or 1993 even, and they release cards now, and they release a new set of cards every three months. They released like 200-ish cards, give or take. Um, the complexity of that game grows at a huge rate every year, right? Mm-hmm. The number of options you can... like There's like 15,000 cards to choose from when you're building your 60-card deck, and you can have four of any of those cards. So trying to build a deck from the full pool of cards is very difficult, if not impossible. And... Uh, it, if if you were as a new player trying to enter Magic the Gathering with that full of cards being available for the competitive scene, mm. it's just it, you can't do it, right? It's just there's too much complexity to wrap your head around. So years and years ago, Magic had decided to isolate just a couple of years worth of cards, and I think they're even shrinking it down further. Um, and that's all you get to use within the competitive scene. They call it standard, where okay. you get to use the last two blocks of cards. Mm. Um, and that ends up being a pool of about a thousand-ish cards, mm. maybe a little less than that. And that's all you have available when you're building your deck, which is a much easier number to wrap your head around. It's still a lot, and it still provides a lot of variety and a lot of options on the competitive scene. 
Are there so, um, different, like, um, you know, like uh, unofficial tournaments that are like we're we're only using cards from '97 or something? Yeah. So there there are block tournament. There's block formats where they say like the Alara block, which is just the three sets of cards from that were themed around Alara and all okay. of those mechanics. And there's also modern, which goes back to like 2000, some like 2004 or something like that. And then vintage, which is all the cards with some limitation and then legacy, which is all the cards with almost no limitations oh, wow. um, for the people who really want to just have like one turn kill decks and stuff <laughs> like that. So uh, this, this whole thing stemmed out of a couple of uh, different reasons. One of them being like new player acquisition is really difficult. The more complex your game grows. Another reason being uh, to combat power creep, you have to have, uh, the ability to remove cards and replace cards at the same at a similar power level from a pool. Otherwise, when you're adding new cards in order to make them interesting, in order to keep the business sustainable and keep people buying cards, they have to be more powerful than the existing cards, right? Um, and the a third reason was that back when Black Lotus was available, it was warping the format hmm. and um you could not have a competitive deck while Black Lotus was around, like without Black Lotus yeah. while Black Lotus existed, God. right? So they introduced th- these formats and it solved a bunch of these problems. Um, Hearthstone is a, a much newer game and has many much fewer cards and has just recently, recently announced they're basically doing an identical thing. So the, they are cycling cards out. Wow. And that means... Oh no, um, are they going to destroy my Murloc deck? It means your Murloc deck, for example, yeah. will not be... Well, it depends. If you have any Murlocs from the Goblins versus Gnomes set, okay, or the... I think it's the um, the Naxxramas, um like adventure set, yeah. your deck won't be available to play in standard. Okay. However, they have a wild format, which is all <laughs> of the cards. Oh, cool. Um, what's interesting is they are no longer going to be selling cards from Goblins versus Gnomes, or wow. the adventure set Naxxramas. You you cannot Whoa, buy really? access to the ed, like the single player adventure mode Naxxramas mm-hmm. once this change goes into effect, which is interesting mm. because Naxxramas and the adventure modes are basically like the single player mode for yeah. Hearthstone. If you ever if you have anybody who, who just like wants to have a a fun card game they can play occasionally then the adventure but you do get card rewards for finishing those single player things yeah which is why it's being cycled they're not selling it once this thing's wow because then you won't have access to those cards except you can craft them with the dust you get oh okay from disenchanting cards um so that's basically the big hearthstone news is that they are going to this magic style format they're even calling it standard which Mm. was magic's word um it's uh Oh, the other, the other interesting part of this is they're keeping the classic cards as part of the format. Oh, okay. Ongoing, I think indefinitely. So, um, oh right. So it's just those two, those, those expansions. It's just then. those for now, and then yeah. every every year they're gonna cycle out right. more. So like, okay, this time next year, whenever this thing goes into effect, next year there's not gonna be um, a grand tournament mm. and and Black Rock Mountain, for okay. example. That's interesting. That like. I guess going forward, that does create a sort of urgency to play 
through the that new expansion, right? Yeah. Where you're just like, I've only you, got like you, a year. You buy it now yeah. because why? So it'll, be it'll be gone. Yeah. Um, it also means you'll buy the cards before they vanish just yeah. to have access to them. Or if you really care about the competitive scene, it means you can now get rid of your old cards hmm. and just like only get the new cards. Yeah, you cards. could just like dust all your old right. cards, right? And yeah. So, okay, but those old cards, you say they won't be accessible to buy. Does that still mean you can craft them? Yes. Okay, so they are still... They'll still exist in yeah. some form, and you can still access them in some form. But it means in order to get those, you're, you're like cashing in four times as many cards right. to get one card. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a very lossy way of, of mm-hmm. trying to get those cards. Uh, it means things like uh, Arena won't award packs, I assume, mm. from those formats. Um, I, I don't think for... No, I, I primarily play Arena, which is like the drafting format. Yep. Um, I don't think that they are changing the cards you have access to in that format, which is kind of a bummer because there are cards in Arena that are like just kind of stupidly strong. Okay. Still. Yeah. Like Flame Strike is a classic card that when if you get one or two of those as a mage in arena, oh, you're yeah. gonna have a much higher win chance. Yeah. Um uh that's and, that's the ten damage one, right? From e- no. You're thinking of Pyroblast. Oh, Flame Strike okay. is the one that deals four damage to everything. Oh, like all of your unmade yeah. creatures. Yeah. Um there's also like keeping in mind that the classic cards aren't going away, some of the more competitive decks use a lot of classic cards um druids for example have this combo where they i think it's called um i forget the name of it it's the one that creates two two trees with charge and then gives all of your creatures plus two plus two or plus two attack trees with charge yeah the little treants whatever they're called the um the name i've forgotten the name right now i hate the combo though it's like a 16 damage combo um, and it's basically Jeez. every every competitive druid deck is built around that just getting to the point where you have these two cards in your hand and your opponent's on less than 16 life. Oh, God. It's dumb. And those <laughs> cards aren't going away. But they might get rebalanced. Yeah. That's which good. would be nice. Anyway, that's the Hearthstone news. Uh, um, cool, cool. What have you been up to? Uh, so I've been... <laughs> <laughs> I've got nothing to add to Hearthstone. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I know. You should play it. You'd hate it. <laughs> yeah. you hate it I've so been, much I haven't played Hearthstone in ages I, that, that's the thing I used to have a friend that I well I still have that friend but I, <laughs> <laughs> I used to I used to play a lot of um, of Hearthstone and I yeah I used to have decks specifically built to defeat her I remember and, yeah. yeah and then you played Nick and then you and then I, yeah I kind of played Nick and was like no <laughs> yeah sorry <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Nick was just spamming those trees at you. Yeah, God, those two, those two trees, trees or whatever. Power, it's something in the wild, power of the wild, uh, whatever it's called. Um, but yeah, I've been playing besides uh, that Tomb Raider game. I've been playing um, The Witness, and that's that's really fun. Yeah, yeah, that really is. Like it's, um, it has a, it has. Did you ever play Mist? No, you ever, you <laughs> probably not something you'd like. <laughs> I, I, I know a little bit about. I played uh, a the smidge of Mist. It's it's so the thing I like. I really like Mist. Like Mist was one of my favorite games growing up because it was just like up until I played that game, I thought video games were just like dude with a gun or like Mario jumping on things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I played Mist, and I was just like, "What the hell is this? This is completely different. I had no idea games like that existed." Um, and yeah, so the witness is kind of a lot like Mist, except. Um, 
all the sort of puzzles are sort of themed around um, they're essentially the same where you're just like drawing a line through a maze kind of thing and mm -hmm. different mechanics change up and things like that. Like some of them you have to do outlines of Tetris blocks and there are like dots and colors that you have to like do specific things for and stuff like that. But the thing that um, it sort of has over Mist like is that Mist got a little bit sort of pixel hunty where you'd go, you'd, you'd um, you know, you'd go to a point in Mist and then you sort of just like mouse all over the screen to yeah, see what you see can where the cursor would try yeah. to find the pebble you could click yeah, on yeah yeah and then you click on something and then you see what it happens and then yeah. eventually you sort of piece out what you're supposed to do and mm. and that whereas this it's just like you see the the, the puzzle panel yeah and i know that's a puzzle and you're not clicking around in the environment and like wasting time right. trying to click on stuff that you, you can't click on um how many hours are in are you uh maybe 30 something I've heard it's very long. I've heard it's. I've heard, yeah. I've it's. I've been talking to um, some of the guys at work, like Carl. Um, Carl's a big fan of the Witness. Yeah, yeah. I've been yeah. talking to Carl about it, and um, well, who we had on earlier, a few episodes back. Um, but the funny thing is, the conversations uh, that we've been having are very like you can't say anything because everyone is terrified of spoiling stuff for people, right? Um, and even you posted even, a screenshot on Facebook, I think, of some weird. Yeah, face. and I, I was like, "Huh, this is funny. This is not a spoiler. This is not a spoiler at I all." I think it was totally a spoiler. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then I walked, I walked into work on uh, the, like a couple of days later, and someone was like posting stuff, posting stuff about the winners on Facebook. <laughs> no, what a spoiler! <laughs> it's like it's not a spoiler, but I, I guess it kind of was a little bit. But it's yeah. not huge. It's just like once you see it, you're gonna go, "Oh, I saw that on on Facebook." Um, and I'll be like, damn it, he spoiled that for yeah, me. That. That was I the, knew that was going to happen. That was a pinnacle moment. <laughs> well, the thing is, I, I, the, <laughs> I'm i just defending myself. <laughs> but the reason I thought that was okay was because I'm not po I didn't post like puzzle solutions. Right. right? I figured puzzle solutions were the most th yeah. thing that's to spoil a, on that. Like if I was like, yeah, guys, I just solved the final puzzle check it out <laughs> this is how you do yeah, it yeah check it out oh, i'm so smart it's gonna be we're gonna be really pissed off um but anyway um what was i saying we can't yeah um talking to carl about it was like you have to sort of stop your conversation halfway through because you realize you, you if you carry on you're going to spoil something mm. and carl has finished the game he got the achievement there's only two achievements for this game one of them is like finish the game and the other ones he said it was hidden. Yeah, yeah. Did and he so he's he's working on the hidden okay. stuff, which he's told me nothing about. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, I he said he'd finished it. So I was like, oh yeah, oh man. So I then explained something, and he's mm -hmm. and he that I thought was like kind of crazy in the game, and he goes, oh, I haven't unlocked that. <laughs> and I was like, what? But you said you finished the game, and he's like, yeah. So you can finish the game without finishing every single puzzle, and, and I'm just like, well, I can't talk to anybody anymore about this game. I'll, I'll wait until I'm on the podcast. Until yeah, I'll spoil to everything the on the podcast. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess the thing is, like, I'm really liking the art style. It's really nice. Yeah, that's a beautiful looking game. Mm. I, uh, I am one of the few people who did not like Braid. Okay, I've never actually, I never played Braid. So what? Yeah, I know. I was a poor student at the time, and... I started yeah, preppy... Although now I can person. buy it. It's probably okay. like two cents on Steam or something. I started playing it at my brother's house 
back shortly after it came out. Yeah. And um, I got, I don't know, a few few of the worlds in, like, after a few. They come in, like, little blocks of stages. Mm-hmm. And I got through a few of those blocks of stages. And I was just like, the writing's kind of pretentious. And the art oh, right. style's kind of pretentious. And yeah. This game's kind of pretentious. And <laughs> I don't think I like this. And I put it down and didn't play it again. And when I told like Jonathan this at work, he was like really surprised and shocked. Cause he's like, how can anybody not love braid? <laughs> and so I was skeptical about the witness, but the witness looks like, uh, it looks much more accessible and yeah. a little less pretentious. Yeah. Um, I might so be wrong. <laughs> should we say the connection between braid and the witness for people that don't oh, know? Right. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's the same creator. <laughs> yeah. It's the guy called Jonathan blow, which is a funny name. Yeah. Let's let's not beat around the bush. Blow is a funny last name. Um, so, <laughs> There are... Although, throwing stones in the glass house over here. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's... Yeah, I, I never played Braid, but it's funny that you say you felt it was pretentious. Because there are... There are audio logs that you find in The Witness. Uh-huh. And Spoiler! Spoiler, again. And some of them are just like... Am I, like... I don't understand what this person is saying. Is, is Jonathan Blow... Calling me stupid for not understanding oh, what this, this is saying. Now I was excited. Yeah. No. Damn it. <laughs> but it's okay. That that's only a few audio logs. Some okay. of them are just like, this is fantastic. Like I I remember I listened to one that I was just like, I love this game. Okay. After listening to it, and and I listened to it again, I was just like, this is so this is so great. I might. I'm also probably. Yeah. But there there was one in particular that I was just like, what the hell is this person talking about? Like. Yeah. It's so sort of philo- philosophical in a weird, I, and it's a quote from like the 1700s, so it's even mm. more like bizarre. Like, I just yeah, <laughs> but they're not all like that. They're from all throughout time. Like one the, one of the first ones you find is, I think, by Albert Einstein. And you're like, oh, this is pretty good. Yeah, like Ugh, that guy's so pretentious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I really like it, and it's it's a shame that I can't yet talk too much about it. Yeah, um, because it. I might accidentally it's, spoil something without what's realizing. What's interesting, it reminds me of uh, shortly after Portal 2 came out. Okay. When people were really afraid to talk about Portal 2. Yeah. Because... Uh, well, Port- it, Portal 2 is just like all... Like, it is all puzzle, right? It's all, yeah. So it's just and like, so oh, it's, what did you think of... Yeah. And it's, but it's also... it's just, I mean, so is The Witness. Well, yeah, so is The Witness it, as it is, well. There's basically two components to Portal 2. It's the puzzles <laughs> and the story. Yeah. Like, which is, which is just interesting voice acting. And the witness is just puzzles and interesting voice acting. Yeah, although I guess true. there's also the world to explore. They both have a world to explore as well. Yeah, the the world is nice. I really, I really do like it. It's um, it I get a I get a funny. Uh, this is this might sound weird, but I get a Disneyland vibe from it, even though I've never been to Disneyland. <laughs> okay, but I've been to Disneyland. I don't get that. I get I get this vibe from <laughs> it where it's just color palette, man. Maybe it's just like when you first sort of step out and you see like there's this there's this main sort of town area. Yeah, and when you look out onto that, I just feel like it's like a almost like a theme park, and um, and the thing is like there are clear different sections of the island that have completely different climates. Right. So there's a desert section. Yeah. Like right next to some um, really like uh, like cherry blossom orchards. And, right. And stuff like that. It just seems like very themed, a lot like like Disneyland. Sure. You know, it's just a whole bunch of different themed worlds. Running up against each yeah, other, yeah, yeah. Cool. I mean, it, it's cool. It's that's, really that's cool. Very Disneylandy, but yeah, it does feel like a sort of um, engineered environment. Mm. It's not like like the Mist Island 
felt like it could actually be a real place. Right. Whereas this feels like it's it's built to be built to be the puzzle island. Built to be yeah, the puzzle yeah, island that people go and visit to solve puzzles. Yeah, yeah. And they pay seventy five dollars a head. Yeah, and also. It's, uh, I, one other thing I, I really am impressed with is the sound in it. Like not mm-hmm. just the audio logs, but like the the sound where your 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 footsteps and stuff. Like when you're walking on the different surfaces, they really feel like you're walking on those different nice. surfaces. And it's such a it's a weird thing to point out, but I I kind of noticed it. And mm. when you walk through just like different you know, tunnels or rooms or whatever, every every sort of environment you're in, even if it's just like one from one room to another has kind of a different sound. Right. Um, I'm excited to pick up. Yeah. Uh, it's <laughs> the, I think someone had mentioned that it's funny that just going back to the Disneyland, but, but someone had mentioned that Jonathan blow had hired architects to do building design. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the game. levels were built by architects. That's so, cool. Uh, I mean, that does make sense, which is, you know, when Disneyland is obviously, I'm assuming, there's some architects involved somewhere yeah. in there, <laughs> right? Probably. Um, so that's that might also be like maybe part of what you're subconsciously noticing is that the, this feels like a real place because it's yeah maybe it's designed with these by these buildings are designed by people who design buildings. Yeah, so there's a uh, there's actually a GDC talk about this um, about the art of the witness. I think it was posted a couple of years oh, back. Oh man, I didn't see it. Yeah, yeah, and and the guy was talking about how like like architects just. Throughout 3D, you'll find them. They're in the movie mm. industry. They're everywhere. Yeah. And but they they're good because they can. They're brief. Like they work to a brief. So mm. it's like when you have this small space, you have to convey this kind of thing. Yep. Perfect. You have an architect. Right. Like they work mm. within these requirements. Yeah. You know? So it's a really well fit. And I suppose it's quite good because um, in the witness there are like mechanical parts that move around, and so like like knowing how that would actually work in real life and yeah. And mm being able to then build that in 3D like gives it I don't know a more real feel you yeah. know it really is the opposite of your job yeah where you have to build tiles that tessellate and are going to make nonsense randomized yeah. labyrinths yeah yeah it kind <laughs> of is it really is like axiom prison in path of exile is not a logical place no one would build a prison like that there's doors open everywhere yeah prisoners just walk out um all right I think we might be out of time. Yeah. In fact, we are definitely out of time. Okay. We got no questions this week. And that's because I think we may have actually run out of questions. I have, I have a question for you, Nick. What? And Severn. Oh. Um, <laughs> last Monday, we had a public holiday. It was mm-hmm. Auckland anniversary. How did you celebrate Auckland anniversary? Jeez. I went out to uh, Piha, actually. It's a pretty waterfall. Auckland thing to do. Yeah, nice. saw a uh, waterfall. Nice. I, I went to a hotel uh, with my girlfriend. Was it in Auckland? It was, yeah. Okay, it was not good. Cool. Yeah. Uh, it was my girlfriend's birthday, uh, the next day, and so we we nice. had a fancy hotel room. Cool. Um, what about you, Blake? Uh, I think I played the witness. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very uh, the, the, the age-old <laughs> tradition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, today is a public holiday as well. So why Tangy Day? Yeah. Listeners, look up Waitangi on Wikipedia. Learn about some New Zealand history, and then when you're done, email us a question. Frontseatquestions at gmail.com or tweet a tweet a question at us, frontseatcast, or just tweet some abuse at Severn. Whoa, hey. <laughs> Don't do that. He's a, he's a nice guy. Uh, yeah, if you're a, if, if you're a um if you're a Tomb Raider fan yeah. <laughs> and direct your quick or angry letters if, to if you raid tombs for a living, you know? Yeah. It sounded like he doesn't like that whole thing. 
uh, or go to facebook.com slash frontseatcast. You can leave us a message. We've had a few nice messages lately. Uh, we appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. For yeah. We should, we should, I think we should get into the habit of reading out fan mail, do you think? Or is that uh, just like a super weird thing to do? If we need filler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we'll be back in a couple weeks with some guests. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, um, Eli and Paula from Ninja Kiwi. Oh, yes. yeah. This is our first ever external developer guest. Uh, that's exciting. Mm. So yeah, look so forward to that. Definitely. I, I'll, I'll post a link to Ninja Kiwi's site. Um, and so if you've got questions for like Ninja Kiwi people, uh, yep. or I guess just game for, developers For context, in Ninja Kiwi did Bloons. Um, which I saw referenced on our on our Reddit recently. Really? Anyway, yeah. Bloons is a cool game. Oh, yeah. Super addictive. Mm. Okay, that's all. Bye. See <laughs> <laughs> ya. I'm playing Tap Titans. Do you guys play Tap Titans? No. Oh, wait. Is that that game where you just tap stuff? Yep. We you tap Titans. Yep. That's uh, the one. There's got to be a monster in there named like Ass, right? So you can just like tap tap that ass. <laughs> I was like trying to figure out where you're going with this. Right? That's got to be like the final boss is just a monster called Ass. It's not designed for people like you. I think it's, that's hilarious.